And finally, for the program, let's get our two friends on the line and talk some quirky news. Welcome to Errol Smith. G'day, Errol. G'day, David. And Brian Smith. G'day, Brian. G'day, David. Now, uh, Brian, you, in fact, have a story to start us. Certainly. Uh, not many American stories don't end up at free speech and the First, <laughs> the first Amendment or of their constitution. And this is an interesting story about traffic engineering and a a person who's trying to do the right thing and being um, really held up by the system. So a man called Mats Jarlström, he's a Swedish electronics engineer, and he's been living in the States for about 20 years. And after his wife got a ticket for driving through a yellow light, he uh, realized that there was a flaw in the algorithms and software that uh, control traffic signals. So he did a bit of an exploration of the mathematics, and he came up with a formula which would improve the way you manage the transition from yellow to red in order to allow a driver who's turning to actually slow down and turn through a yellow light without being pinged for going through a red light. So in 2015, he, um, he sort of shared this idea with the media and traffic technology folk. To his surprise, the Oregon State Board of Examiners for Engineering and Land Surveying uh, in the state where he lives, they opened an investigation and a year later they found that he had engaged in unlicensed engineering and fined him $500. Now, he's, uh, he's not given up despite the fine because he thinks there's quite a bit to this. So uh, even though he's risking another $1,000 in fines, $6,000 in civil fines, $6,250 in criminal fines, and potentially a year in jail, he's actually taking this to the ITE journal and will be presenting his ideas at some conferences. So Yastrom's not giving up despite uh, the threat of these fines. He's, uh, the traffic engineering profession is uh, pretty keen on this idea and sees some value in it. So he's uh, approached the uh, Institute of Transportation Engineers, the ITE, He's submitting an article to their journal and uh, we'll be talking more at conferences about it. So there's a, a risk, though, that um, the practice of engineering or the regulation of it would prevent a useful idea like this from being proposed by someone who isn't registered to practice as an engineer in his state. Now, talking about traffic control, the genius behind the Sydney Coordinated Adaptive Traffic System, SCATS, which has been so successful, I think it's been sold to 135 countries around the world. The guy who was the genius behind it was a bloke by the name of Arthur Sims. Arthur had no tertiary qualifications. In fact... The Australian Institute of Traffic Planning and Management, which I do some stuff for, started up really around the time when this was developing so that people who were not qualified as an engineer couldn't become in the Institution of Engineers or the Institution of Traffic Engineers uh, could still join an institute because they were such a critical part of the developing technology. It was a time, of course, of when computers coming in. So this notion that a degree which often becomes essential to be part of an institute is really uh, rather narrow, to say the least. Mm. Yes, yeah, good. good thing he didn't live in Oregon. Well, the funny thing is, Arthur's father... Arthur's father was a boilermaker at the Redfern uh, Locomotive Railway Workshops. And now fairly recently, the workshops moved out and the whole area, well, they moved out a while ago, but the whole area has been turned into a modern technological park for various organisations that are developing the future technologies. One of the rooms is now named Arthur Sims. 
Oh, is it really? Mm. That's fabulous. Isn't that a lovely story? I met him uh, when I was a young, tra- a young transport planner. He was a heavy smoker and, of course, um, but, but I- very intuitive in the way he worked with uh, traffic signal systems. Mm. Genius. So it'll, it'll have tobacco-stained walls. Yeah. <laughs> the yellow. I, 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 I think this story, is it, it just makes the Oregon government just look really petty because basically they were embarrassed by this research that this guy did. Yes. And they found something petty to punish him for. Yes. Well, of course, not coming uh, out of this looking very good. Yes, and of course the, the free speech element is, is that uh, Yalstrom's um, uh, engaged an organisation to uh, challenge this with the, um, the uh, Oregon State on the basis that the regulations are preventing his free speech? It's absurd in many ways. There, there used to be a time when I worked in the NRMA and we would often try to promote road safety and talk about road rules. One time the legal fraternity rang up and said, no, 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 only we can do that because we are qualified. Yeah. And the point is not to do with are we helping, it's to do with am I in control and can I get all the business? Yes. Alan Finlay said of Arthur Sims, he, he was one of the most practical, hands-on people I've ever worked with, and he had an amazing ability to understand likely driver behaviour in response to traffic signal operations. Practical and hand-on, that's what an engineer used to be, didn't it? It, it wasn't necessarily mm, someone who was qualified. You know, the train driver used to be called an engineer. So a range of them, and it's not to do with pretentiousness. It's to do with an earthy practicality. Indeed, yeah, David. Some, something we should all have a bit of. Too much is done now uh, inside um, the office, you know, and, and on PCs. And, and I heard a lovely quote from uh, someone I, I don't know who said, uh, the answer is outside the building. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, Errol, yes. you have a tale for us. Yes. Well, um, there's, there's a little bit of engineering in, in this one. Um, if you're after the next big thing in toys for girls, look no further than Commuter Barbie. She's always late, she hates man-spreaders, her hair's always wet, and her hands smell like pennies. Uh, she comes complete with accessories including Metro Card, a Starbucks Grande Macchiato, designer headphones, and a copy of the New Yorker. Hmm. And if you're wondering why we're talking about this, it's because it's a little bit of a joke. That got out of hand. So there's not a um, real commuter Barbie, is there? No, 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 there a, isn't. It was, it, was, of it. it was started as a joke between two friends, and eventually they uh, sort of rolled each other up to the point where they actually decided to make one and actually had to create and construct some of the accessories and things for her. It's awesome. I, I love the look of it, and I think uh, <laughs> it's something that Mattel should release. Karina Shai, a sex and relationship editor at Cosmopolitan.com, was one of the people that got it together. Gentlemen, you may remember a week or so ago I had a discussion and I got Kanye West's name wrong, which clearly proved I was not in the mainstream of understanding popular culture. I read some of the comments about this and it is incomprehensible to me, but I have done some research. They mentioned that she would have, of course, a cliff bar, which is a processed snack food like oatmeal, raisin, walnut, which sounds healthy. Like an energy bar. Mm. Mm. They also have chocolate almond fudge, which means she's probably fat. Is that uh, (laughs) urban earphones? They also use the expression BFF, which means best friends forever, 
It also means something else that I better not uh, talk about now, but the, the first two words are big fat. Uh, it mentions a mini strand tote, which of course is a bag, and mini strand is a brand name. It mentions a procrasty walk, which is a procrastination walk, which is apparently make, makes you. These are all just in the few short comments. I'm really struggling with this. S- so, so, so is that is that a walk you're putting off? <laughs> It's a walk you you take in order to put something else off. Now, people, I have read, apparently people are totally relating to this doll. I looked it up, and uh, there's a number of Barbie things. Amy Schumer is going to play Barbie in a live-action movie. This is important things for you to know. I wouldn't have thought. Right. right. I wouldn't have thought. I I didn't think any, any woman existed that was anatomically equivalent. Well. To a Barbie doll. (laughs) <laughs> there's a, a woman who wants to be brainless like Barbie and there is a human Barbie Valeria Lukyanova from uh, some of the Eastern European country who wants to, uh, who rants on but she has made herself look dead like Barbie. You know the expression you're looking a bit plasticky this is not a metaphor, this is a reality, that's exactly right. so She's had a bunch of plastic surgery yeah. to look like Barbie. What would a Barbie look like a child's toy? They say she rides on the subway, is that to travel or as a vagrant to get off the street? Is she poor or an inv- <laughs> There's not much about what her job might be, but she's probably, you know, no. some kind of tech startup, isn't she, Errol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's she's definitely well to do. So, you know, she uh, she has the designer headphones, which she has to take off to hear the cat calls. And that's the um, point, because um, people who use the, the the underground in New York, for example, are not just sort of poor commuters. No. They are the, the well to do. Well, she reads the latest in trendy bestsellers, so the uh, spiel goes, which means she's vacuous. But, I mean, if she's going to go on the train, will she fall asleep and snore? Does she have sweaty stays? Is she angry? A glazed look in her eye? Just works on a phone, doesn't do any real work? I mean, if it's going to be a Barbie-type commuter doll, it's got to be real. That's my only point. Well, certainly she's got to put the handbag on the seat next to her, hasn't she? Ah, yes, it does. Uh, Brian, you have a story of distraction. Certainly, David. How distracted do statues make you feel when you're on the side of the road? Well, uh, in um, a village in Hampshire in the UK, the council erected uh, a naked statue of the Greek mathematician Archimedes some distance away from the road, but um, road users have, have begun to be concerned, or residents, that the statue should be removed because... People could be uh, inspired by it or distracted by it. Uh, it's an interesting mm. idea. He's um, he's it's quite a large statue. He's portrayed. How big is it? Look, it's it's uh, it looks like about twice uh, uh, sort of normal size. So it's not enormous. So sorry, sorry, I meant the whole statue. Yes, <laughs> to clarify that. Very good, David. Um, he's holding uh, what appears to be a, a large um, lever and moving the earth. And uh, I'm not sure of the, the nakedness and the significance of it, whether Archimedes did do his work in the buff. Would you be distracted by a, a nude Greek statue, David, as you drive along? Archimedes was a Greek mathematician, physicist, engineer, inventor, astronomer. Why is he naked? Are they trying to encourage young women and some men into the sciences? Is that uh, the intent of doing it? Well, That's David, I'm not science. surprised surprised that he's naked i'm not surprised at all mm-hmm. but i expected him to be naked in a bath with the water overflowing of course 
Uh, Archimedes applied concepts of infinitesimals, the method of exhaustion, and a machine called the screw pump. Perhaps the sculptor misunderstood the meaning of those scientific concepts. <laughs> all, all, all the paintings I saw of Archimedes are a craggy old man with a beard and unkept appearance. This suggests that in his youth he went to the gym regularly because it, it is a rather fit-looking fellow. Yes, he's fairly buff, isn't he? Mm. Mm. Maybe, maybe that's more of a uh, to to represent. Yeah, uh, it's the young uh, the strength of, of of his intellect. Oh, okay. Oh, Errol, yeah, you're look, brilliant. It's um, yeah, good, good Errol. I mean, it's interesting. It's a bit like you know, say uh, Elvis on a stamp. You know, do you choose the the fat old Elvis or oh, the right. young slim Elvis? In this case, they've chosen the young Archimedes rather than perhaps Archimedes at the end of his career. It might be symbolic of Archimedes because he was the one who got into levers and things, and so he postulated that you could actually lever up the world if you had a long enough lever and enough force to go down to it, didn't it? Wasn't, wasn't and it? a place to stand, he said. He needs a place to stand and a yes, lever yes. that's long enough. He could yes, leave and, and a very big space suit. Now, you wonder at this. Uh, we once had a Mormon temple built in our local area, and the local religious right opposed it on the ground that the angel on the top, Moroni, I think, which was painted in gold, would reflect the sun, and so that would be a distraction. I think that's more church or politics making an excuse rather than to, and really trying to cover up their real reasons for it. That, that's my perception of the matter. But here we are. We don't want this but we're prepared to have video advertising signs, variable message signs. If we really want to talk about distraction as a, an issue, I think we need to take it further than some statue a fair way in. I think you'd need binoculars to be offended by it, wouldn't you? Yeah, and possibly there's a few raunchy and racy billboards um, you know, along the road much closer and uh, along the road a little further. Mm, I totally agree. Errol, you have a story. Yes, well, David, some might be so happy to get a new car that they might kiss it. But how about having to kiss a car to get one in the first place? I guess it boils down to how desperately you want a new car. But for one Texas woman, that was enough to kiss a Kia sedan for more than 48 hours in order to win one in a bizarre competition. But she wasn't the last one standing. There was actually seven left at the 50-hour mark, after which organisers organizers decided to draw a name from a hat. And she uh, drove, drove off in a Kia Optima for her trouble. Now, I'd be terribly annoyed. I'd be terribly annoyed if, um, if I'd kissed something for 50 hours and then the name was pulled out of the hat. And certainly you want to at least get some chapstick or something like that as a... There was some consolation prizes for the, uh, the other winners, but I don't think they... Um, they amounted to another vehicle. Two Kias. Yes. Place, three Kias in third place. If you do too much passion at the beginning, sometimes love falls off very quickly. So, I uh, mean, to kiss yes. something for 50 hours or whatever it was, you might then get it for free, so to speak, but I'm not sure. The other thing is, of course, Kias come with a seven-year warranty, certainly in Australia, and that coincides with the seven-year inch. So the warranty runs yeah. out just as you start to wander. Mm. 
And the you start to think, think about another car to kiss. Yeah. See it half the value when you drive it off the lot and you're already disappointed. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've changed. <laughs> after the wedding, it's all downhill. Yeah. Right, you're not looking after yourself. You'd want it to be a tall SUV, Kia, so you don't have to bend down so far, wouldn't you? A little Picanto would be really struggling. Mm. Mm. No, they're, they're not big cars. There's no, uh, no SUV. In the story, but uh, apparently it's not. They're not quite as um, talented, you might say, as as they sound, because they got a ten minute break every hour. Did they? Were they? So, did people think they should see other cars? Is that... Well, well, they did oh, actually so. have to. They did actually have to change car. change positions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that can always spark things up. The thing about seeing, seeing other cars is lovely, isn't it? Yeah, that uh, that would be a sign of a true. Cad, wouldn't it, that they went off and kissed, yeah. kissed a Ford or something. We will also have next week a story of distraction as well that caused an accident on the road, but that's a different issue altogether. Gentlemen, uh, Errol and Brian, thank you very much for your time. All right. Bye.